because some people might be like, okay, how do I get called up to be opening act? Of course. Um, Well, what it was, was we, we had our very first gig engagement ministry opportunity, whichever you want to refer to it as. And that's really what started off saying yes to showing up and, and singing, whoever called. It was at one of my group members' grandparents' church, which was in a dance studio. It wasn't even a formal church, but coming there and giving our best, literally our entire summer got booked up. All right. Hello. Hi. Welcome. To another episode of Broke, Gifted, and Black. I am Nikki. It's been a minute. It has. And I'm Nana. How are y'all doing? Um, listen, we told y'all that life has had some changes. Life. Um, I thought you were going to start singing that song. Life, life, life. You know, oh, from no, the, no, no. From the movie? No. Yeah. Um, yeah. So life has had some changes. So this is, you know, just a little, a little late, but we're going to do our best, you know, to give you some good podcasting. Um, and we have a great episode lined up for you. So let's just, um, let's do a check-in first. Nikki, how are you doing? Good? You know, I'm alive. I'm here. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, you are alive. I'm, I'm, I've, I'm, I'm more broke and less gifted uh, these days. Um, okay. You know? But I'm working through it, you know? I um, yeah. I'm, I'm, had to go get a, a whole job. Um not gonna tell you where I'm working, um, but uh, yeah. So that's taken a lot of uh, time that I've had previously uh, and wrapped it up elsewhere. Um, but see, this is how God works. I've met some very interesting people on the job who um, are in the industry as well, and that. Mm. Um, We've made some some interesting connections. Yeah, yeah. One you know what um, I one see of my coworkers. She actually. What do you say? Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I'll good, let no. You I was say one of my coworkers. She actually wrote a script, and she said she'd been praying about her lead. Like she just didn't know who her lead was, and she was like, she was like, you know, this girl's got to be special and, and everything. And they didn't know I was an actor because I didn't say anything like for a while. Like I just really kept it on hush, but I have my come and film in Texas um, cup. And so one day she was walking by and she was like, "Um, do you, are you in film and television? I was like, I am. And she was like, Oh my gosh, you won't believe this. And she went into, you know, talking about her screenplay. And we know some some people who are um, also in the business. She knows Snoop. She went to school with Snoop Robinson. You know, I know I worked with him a long time ago on some plays and stuff. Mm-hmm. But the, the craziest thing about it is they had a sitting to where in our training class or whatever, we were sitting in alphabetical order by first name. And my government first name ain't telling y'all, but it starts with a D. Excuse and, me. We um, had a whole session where I told my whole government name. I'm gonna need you to like give it up. Um. See, but yours has cultural implications behind it. Mine's just like. Rah. So anyway, is it, it starts Demita with Demita Joe. Okay, it, we're gonna call her Demita no, Joe, y'all. 
Call me Demita Joe. That's fine. Um, so, but we were in alphabetical order by first names, and her name is actually starts with a T. But she was behind me, and then the person behind her was an F. Like it was literally in alphabetical order. Everybody else was in alphabetical order, but her. Okay, I was like, this is not alphabetical order. Okay, (laughs) exactly, exactly. So it was like this divine, like mistake, you know. Because if she wouldn't have been sitting behind me, she would have, you know, not maybe never seen my cup. I mean, it might have happened a little bit later on down the road, but you know, you tend to get, you tend to develop relationships with people that you are in close proximity to, as far as you know when you're sitting and you're talking and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, had she been on the other side of the world with the other T's, I might not have never gotten to know her like that. So anyway, there's always a purpose in everything. So, yeah. This is true. This is true. Well, we're hoping that we get a good screenplay movie out of this uh, experience for you. It's, it's not permanent, so it's okay. It's not. It's. And what did you say? You said you saw... What was it you were seeing from me? Oh, I saw um, like some sort of film based on your experience there because work (laughs) situations like yours are always like very interesting. And I feel like they give good fodder for for a script. It could be a comedy. It could totally be a comedy. I could see. Right? I could see some of of it. Before Awkward Black Girl, I worked um, at a call center and I was like this, I wanted to write uh, like a series about it because (laughs) it was, it was the most ridiculous place in the world to work at. Like Mm -hmm. the owner Mm -hmm. was sleeping with the, um, with the head of the call center. um, And every once in a while he'd like go downstairs and they'd had sex in the salon and then he'd come back up and like, you'd see like um, you, he, he, they weren't good at it because they were both men and men suck at doing things like Mm -hmm. that. So like you'd see stuff on him or things would be out of place. One time there was a little bit of semen. I was just like, Oh, yeah. And another girl who's from uh, Brazil was very forward and she was like, What is on your shirt? That's a horrible uh, accent. But she's like, What is on your shirt? <laughs> and it was Did a you whole go to day. Africa? Did you I don't know where I went. <laughs> It's like that's not Brazilian. (laughs) It was really bad, but that just comes out of my mouth like automatically all the time. Wow. So yeah. Um, How does your video look to you? By the way, how does your video look to you? uh, It looks. It looks fine. Why is yours? Okay, because it's looking garbled to me. Yeah, it's looking pixelated to me. So I'm just wondering how it's going to come out. But anyway. Hmm. Yes, we'll see. I'm, I'm hope like I'm hoping it's like the audio thing when we're like, oh, can you hear me? And then the audio is perfectly oh. fine. Right. We'll see. Technology needs to like catch up. I am getting fiber internet this week, so we'll see if that does anything for oh, life. Nice. Okay. So how are you? We found out about how I'm doing. How are you? I am. You know, I just want to say thank you. I put a public post on Facebook, I was really afraid that 
uh, nobody would care. And my friend was like, why, why would no one care? Um, but I got some overwhelming love support. Um, I have some friends, some strangers even who said that they would sign up to, um, get tested to be a, a donor. Um, I've had bad days. Today is a better day. So I'm grateful for that. Uh, I, I have to get a, a surgery before the kidney transplant. So we'll see how that works out. Um, yeah. And uh, and I also got a work from home job, so I'm grateful for that. Um, there was a question mark on the end of that. No, I'm grateful for that. It's just like uh, I didn't tell them about my. Um, well, I told the recruiter, I'm like, I might need surgery, so it's like I just started a job and I need a go have surgery. So that mm-hmm. sucks. Um, but I'm grateful for it. It's a great creative opportunity. So I'm That's good. Awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna, aside from feeling like crap and having a shitty kidneys, um, I'm okay. And I am dating and men are just <gasps> garbage. Garbage. Great. Oh, no, no. really? I mean, okay. Let's 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 flesh this out before we get into BGB news. Mm-hmm. Why do you feel that they are garbage? I mean, like, what is happening? Okay. Went out to lunch with one guy. He was like, I really, really like you. I really want to, you know, be with you. And ever since I was 19, I dated a guy who was uh, married. I did not know that. And when I found out he was married, I was like, you're married. He was like, yeah. I'm like, why didn't you tell me? He was like, you didn't ask. So I always ask men, are you married? Yeah, for sure. That is my thing. Even if you're on a a dating app. Yes. Yeah. So I asked him, I was like, are you married? Because he was Nigerian. Mm -hmm. And I was like, are Mm -hmm. you married? And he was like, technically. And I was like, ah, ah, ah. So he was married for a purpose. We'll just say that. Uh, Immigration. What is, what is, oh, for himself to be here or? Yeah, for him. Okay. So, so why does that make him garbage? I mean, obviously, because, I mean. Because you're married? Like, can you square that away before you try and date people? But can he, though? Like, I mean, not like defending him in that situation at all. I mean, I, that kind of sounds like I am, but I'm not. But like, if that's what your sole purpose in marrying this per- person is, and they're uh-huh. not and that's and that's it like i mean who's to say like she's not a lesbian or something and that she's like she's not she's not okay Mm -mm. and she actually wants it to work okay then yeah then no then yeah then yeah he definitely needs to get that squared away then okay yeah i thought it was like finish that no 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 there's like okay so it's not like she keeps on being like she's like i'll do you this favor but now it's been over a year you slept Mm -hmm. with her you've uh you live with her 
she's been attached. Right. She's attached. Right. And that's normal, right? right. Um, another guy uh became a hotep. Weird. Not became, he was. And said that the the problem with the black community is that black women are it's a matriarchy and black women, women in general are emotional. And that's why the black community has issues. Because black women are emotional? No, because black women are over, are like the head of the black community and women are uh, emotional. Then that's the black male's fault. That's the black male's fault then. We went into get this in whole lane, thing and I was like, no, sir, get up. Just go, go, go. Yeah, yeah, go. He, yeah. So you're going to just blame it? You're going to blame it on black women? What? Wow. Okay. Yeah. You see what I mean by garbage? I do. Yeah. I do. But there's only two, right? And how many? There's billions of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Speaking of billions, let's go into BGB News. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Um, so shout out to all the good men out there, though. Shout out to y'all. But yeah, uh, all seven of you. Um, so um, because <laughs> like I'm thinking like I'm like, OK, like I'm thinking Carmelo Anthony. I'm like, OK, what you did to Lala was kind of garbage. Got to have Awful. a baby on her. Dwayne Wade, um, you know, yeah, you and Gabby are happy now and all that kind of stuff. But you had to break baby. Um the only one like right now, LeBron, LeBron is looking really, really solid in his whole yes. relationship. Like there's no LeBron rumor. There's not been anything that's like scandalous. So yay for LeBron. Let's go. Keep it. Keep it going, LeBron. I mean, even even um, Jeff Bezos is like hoeing. So it's like. Bill Gates. You know. Bill Gates Bill is Gates. sending DMs yeah. like, hey, do you want to have yeah. sex with me? What? Yeah. Yeah, Bill Gates. And somebody probably was like, yes. <laughs> I mean, he's a billionaire and, and he's sending it to he other is. Microsoft employees. He's sending it to people who work for him. Yeah, they're going to say yeah. Well, are they? Or, I mean, obviously they're telling if the right. owner of the company that you, I mean, well, you're different. I think you'd just leave. But if you had a whole career at Microsoft, like this, like you're not an actor. This is your career. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and Bill Gates messaged you and was like, hey, hottie. You don't think that your career could be ruined? Yeah. Okay, I mean, Bill, he's gross. He's gross. I know he's gross. I know he he's might have gross, a lot of but... money, but he's gross. Like I, like how do you like I can I can't even imagine like <laughs> how do you like sit there and watch him like undress? <laughs> it's like put your clothes back on. Eh, put it on, turn around, leave. <laughs> oh, <put> that away. <laughs> I don't want to see. I don't want to see that. No, I don't want it. No. <laughs> but anyway, so to good billionaires, to 
Rihanna. So Rihanna, apparently, um, according to Forbes, is uh, in their most re- recent ranking. Rihanna's net worth sits at $1.7 billion. Yes, she's officially a billionaire. In addition to being the wealthiest woman musician in the world, she's also the second richest woman entertainer behind Oprah Winfrey. I am just like, go, re, re, go, re, re, go. Go, re, go, re, re, go, re. go. And she's not even 35. I, I think she's 33. Right. So I'm like, how did she surpass Beyonce? Because like, Beyonce sticks to how music did that happen? mostly. Beyonce sticks mostly well, to music. Remember, she had House of Dairy on. Okay, get out of here. Get out of here. Get out. She did. And, and that is BGB News. Like, okay, Ivy Park <laughs> is cool. But like, um, how, anyway, House of Darion, get Ivy Park is not hitting it like Fenty, though. Like Fenty yeah, has the makeup. Fenty has yeah. the lingerie. Fenty has uh, there's something else. Fenty has there's so much, but the makeup just blew it away just by itself. Like when she and came out with forty she, shades, she passed the Kardashians. Oh, did she well. pass the Kardashians? How did she pass the Kardashians? I mean, um, I'm glad she did, but I mean, probably because of the like, reach. As a billionaire, right? Mm. The okay. Reach, though, she sold in Sephora's. They are now sold in Sephora's, but they started out just selling mm-hmm. through their websites. Mm. So. So maybe, like, like seriously, like as a billionaire, when you like log into your Chase account or your Bank of America, whichever your, your preference. Wells Fargo. Washington, no, I'm Georgia. kidding. Do you think so Wells Fargo. No. Um, or whatever. Oh, yeah. Don't go to Wells Fargo. Anyway. So you log in and you're like, so you're Oprah, right? You log in, you type it, your username, I'm Oprah Winfrey, bitches. That's your username. And then What's your password, your password is, I'm a rich bitch. There you go. One, two, three, four, five. So, <laughs> and when you open it up, <laughs> you see like, oh, one, two, three, four, five dollar sign gotta have that at yes. the end yes of your gotta make it gotta make it difficult Oprah. gotta password yeah, yeah yeah you gotta yeah so you put that money at the and maybe one at the beginning just you know like just just like frame it in money like yeah so you do money sign i'm a rich bitch one two three four five money sign that's open yeah. password okay okay so you go in you log in you look do you see all those zeros and you just be like, like, what do you like? What kind of experience do you have when you open up your bank account and you're not like trying to transfer money from one account to the other? This is true. Like, oh shit. This is about to overdraft. Let me move <laughs> this money. Like I have how moved. does it feel just <laughs> open it up and just be like, you we just good. did that the other day, didn't you? You just moved some money. We good. Yeah. We good. We yeah. good. Uh, I yeah. can definitely afford that private jet. Thanks. Um, 
Do I want a new car? Absolutely. Do I want that really expensive trip? Sure. Like I, with the amount of money that I move, I move more money than the Colombian cartel. Like the way that I like transfer funds just to like keep it together. Yeah. Right. Kelly cartel ain't got shit on me. Yes. Right. I mean, and then to have multiple accounts. To have multiple accounts with lots of zeros. Because I'm sure she doesn't just have one account. Oh, no. No. And then she probably has stocks where she goes and she, like, looks at her stocks and she's like, oh, okay, that, oh, 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 I lost a million. Shucks. Okay. Like, and she's fine with that. Like, her life is fine. And she continues on. Her and Stedman living together in unmarital bliss. Not really. Um, yeah. yeah, congratulations to congratulations, Robin, Rihanna. Rihanna Fenty. Um, what? I just love you. I just, I, yeah, you're my hero. I, I, oh, I and feel she's, like, in, you know, she's been doing the movies and stuff too. So what she's movies? just crossing over into all kinds of worlds. She did Oceans, one of the Oceans movies. Oh yeah, Oceans Twelve. But that that, did, that was like a fun thing to do. That was, she did not care about that payout. That was a no, fun sure thing to do. Right. Um, another person who is getting a payout is Courtney Kemp. She just mm. signed an overall deal with Netflix. Ayo. Um, I don't know what that was. <laughs> I'm, d- I'm not sure. I'm not um, sure. But congratulations to her. According to Deadline, under the four-year deal, she will create new series and other projects for a global audience through her end-of-episode banner. And based on the success of her projects for streaming service, she reportedly has the possibility of raising those Eight figures to nine. That's awesome. I mean, she did the damn thing with power. Um, And so I just wonder how, why the transition from a Showtime type platform to Netflix, just a wider global audience. That way it's not, I mean. Money. Just the money. I mean, wasn't it on stars? It was on stars. Oh, that's what I meant. Stars. Yeah. Oops, sorry, Showtime. Sorry, um, Stars. Yeah. So, Stars definitely doesn't have Netflix money, and she could probably create more, have a slightly bigger budget. And if Netflix Stars came to you, have Netflix money? I don't think so. Isn't I, Stars I like that. a derivative of like HBO? I think it's a derivative of Showtime. I think. Um, I usually think that HBO and Stars comes like together in packages a lot of times. So, um, but I mean, it's shoot, owned by Lionsgate. Okay, uh, it doesn't say anything about HBO. It just said it's owned by Lionsgate okay. well, I, I Entertainment. I know that Stars. They might okay. add themselves on to HBO as a way to get more subscribers. Hmm. Well, that would be I, more I know of a that Netflix move. obviously has all the money. Yeah, Netflix does has all have all the money because they gave Shonda some 
a hell of a deal. And now they're giving Crazy Courtney money. a hell of a deal. But I just love that they're giving all these black women hell of a deals. Hells of deals. And didn't Issa get one too? I thought she got one with HBO though. It, she got something with somebody. So congratulations to all my black sisters who's who getting paid to be creative. Yes. And who love it. have lots of money in their bank account. Issa also got married. I don't know if we talked about that. She did. But, she, um, looked she, looked she looked beautiful. She looks beautiful. And I love the way she and, announced it too. Yeah, it was so cool. And it's like, it, and it's a niece. Like, I want to like have my wedding in Nice and just be like, yeah, just have my friends, just friends and family just fly out. Come on out to France. I'm getting married. Yeah. Well, ho- hopefully, hopefully it won't be when we're still in the middle of a Panda Express, but. Uh, uh, well, she got married in the middle of a pandemonium and you just make sure everybody's vaccinated. Yeah. Well, right. Huh. Well, yeah. There's so many well. folks that are still not doing that. I'm hoping most of my circle is vaccinated. I don't know. I haven't checked on them, but um, hopefully. I realize Um, that a lot of people at work were not. Really? And y'all work in close Mm -hmm. proximity or no? Y'all have like Mm -hmm. like plexiglass? Close enough. We're we're required to wear masks and stuff, but Oh yeah, no. Like every, like literally everybody that sits around me, they were like, "Nope, I didn't do it. Nope, I didn't do it." I was like, "Oh shit." Okay. I mean, I'm, honestly, I was like opposed initially myself. I wasn't going to do it either. It's but, okay. And I was just like, you know what? What's okay? That's okay. That's that's normal. Like we all were like, "What is this uh, vaccine?" In right. the beginning, all of us were right. Right, but when they like, but when we surpass like fifty million people being vaccinated, I, I think at some point it was like, okay, well, yeah, it's not the it's not the zombie apocalypse that we thought it would be. Everybody yeah. is still like somewhat like functioning normally. So, for the most part, we'll just keep it moving. Yeah, um, a. <laughs> I was about to say a demographic that probably has not been vaccinated is country music um, fans, but (laughs) (laughs) wow. (laughs) But in order to okay, (laughs) let me shut up because I was about to say something else. I was like, as they nurse their COVID. Um, fevers. They can listen to the new country album from Monica. Um, if they ain't got a vaccine, they're not gonna listen to a country <laughs> album by Monica. <laughs> what they're not gonna do <laughs> is listen to a country album by a black woman. I thought that was a good transition, Period. though. <laughs> Speaking of people who don't get vaccines, (laughs) the honky tonk community. (laughs) That's essentially what you just said. That's what she said. Um, 
I own it. I own it. Um, but uh, Monica, if you want me to do more promotion for you, just let me know. <laughs> so she says that she has loved country music since she was a little girl. Um, and uh, Monica, she asked to be featured on a Jimmy Allen's country song called Pray, which, uh, which she says act was an act of destiny because she had not made anyone privy to the fact that she had been working on her own country project. I don't know who Jimmy Allen is. Do you? No. And I, I cannot, I can't sit here and just like in my brain hear Monica singing country. I can. Why not? Because you know what? She already made a country song. She did. What song was that? Tell me that this is not what a country song. song. Never meant to cause you no pain. I just want to go back to band the same. Doesn't that sound country? Well, I. The way you just sang it? Yes. Only the one way of you my things right. Wow. Before you walk out my life. Yep. Yep. Sounded. Yep. 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 She already made a country song. Wow. Heard it here first. But she didn't sing it. She did not sing it in that. <laughs> that way <laughs> she hit some of the similar wow. notes that's all i gotta say very similar notes okay um, um all right so i i can hear it i mean isn't she from california i don't know where is monica from i, I don't know where she's from but yeah i don't know uh-huh. her ex-husband was always so cute to me oh i loved him so much <sighs> have you seen him lately yeah he's a little chunky but that's fine um he also is probably like a horrible he's probably garbage person too yeah yeah i think i she left him because he cheated so yeah yeah garbage told you seven seven of them seven um probably six uh the seventh one is like teetering um speaking (sighs) of i just want to (laughs) do a shout out um, to non-garbage people, our second guest on the show, Neka Osweka, my baby cousin, is going to be in um, an art exhibit called Beings from September 4th to October 2nd um, in partnership with the Barter Paris Art Club. Shout out to her. Mm. Yeah, shout out, Neka. Um, we awesome. love to see our guests do great things and um akron is doing great things as well i can't name everything that he's doing but he's also in a new play on broadway i believe an all black show on broadway so shout out to akron and neca for all the great things that you're doing and everyone else who's been on the show who like all of a sudden after they got on the show they like elevated you're welcome that's all i want to say you're welcome because we haven't so you apparently took our thunder and shit i i feel like we set people up and we're going to just make a bigger like elevation 
I I can't I can't it, believe okay. that. I mean, once I get this kidney, it's over for you, hoes. That's all I gotta say. Yeah. Um. <laughs> well, I don't have a I don't have a body part to get, so <laughs> I just don't know when mine's coming. <laughs> it's uh, coming. My body's Nikki, intact. You were hot stuff. Like you were having like 50 million auditions. We've been saying yours is coming for a million years. It's coming. Exactly. I've said it. And I've been saying it for a million years that it's coming and it's just like, it's but like, it's coming. Those million years are coming to an end. You know what? You know, you, you're right. You're right. My, it's coming like maple syrup. Mm. Oh, it's coming like, that last little bit of ketchup that you have to get out of the bottle because you're not going to throw it away. You're like, mm -hmm. and that's what you got to do. That's what you got to do with your career, Nikki. You got to shake it. You got to beat it down with your hand. Beat it into your hand. Coming. And then it goes. And then and you're like, coming it's coming you're welcome that's also for anyone else who might be like feeling like it's not coming gotta beat it down like that last bit of ketchup it's coming it's coming all right um we have our guest i uh coming up Brandon Camfer. He is the lead of One Way uh, Gospel Music or uh, New Age. He doesn't want to call it gospel, but you can hear all that in the um, interview that I did that is coming up right here. All right. That lovely voice is our special guest on the podcast, Brandon Camfer of One Way. Welcome, Brandon, to the podcast. What's up, Nana and Black Gifted? Wait, broke, broke, broke. gifted, and Black. There you go. Audience. Uh, it is just uh, myself and Brandon. Nikki is working. Um, so let's get into this bio. Raised in a church-going family in Washington, D.C. area, the enterprising singer-songwriting Brandon Camfer cut a five-song EP to the, to the One in 2005 while still in college. However, he had a strong desire to launch a vocal group that would create a fusion of urban and pop-flavored music that unabashedly celebrated the group's Christian faith. On that note, One Way was born in 2007 as Camphor recruited singers Angela Jones, Julia McMillan, and Fred Cleveland. It is also that year that Camphor ignited um, The Encounter, a late night alternative to clubbing in Washington, D.C. area, where young adults of oh. all cultures convene for a festive night of fellowship and Bible-based ministry. One Way's debut CD, Regeneration, hit in the fall of 2009 with shades of rock and funk. The inspiring songs of faith and worship included fan favorites, It's Possible, quote, Gotta Have Faith, and Bless the Lord, which was later recorded by Myron Butler. 
Um, the closing song, He's the Way, the Truth, the Life, they continued what did I just do? Oh, the closing song, One Way, explained the group's name and mission. There you go. Skipped a line. Hey. Uh, one Way to Live the Life, they sing, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to live for Christ. He's the way, the truth, the life. In 2012, Camphor created the Jesus Rock Live It Loud College Tour that founded One Way Touring with Ty Tribute. Uh, Care Shirt Sheared Sheared and Group One Crew. Meanwhile, a recent move to New York City found Camford joining the Brooklyn Tabernacle Church, where he has since become a soloist on the legendary Grammy Award winning church choirs CDs Love Lead the Way and Pray. Most recently, he was featured on the hit song Psalm 34, a soul-stirring track led by himself and Darrell Comedy, which has earned over 15 million YouTube views and counting. It hails from the choir's 30th album, I Am Reminded, uh, which debuted number one on the Billboard Gospel album sales chart in 2018. Brandon and One Way are now gearing up to release their sophomore album, Hope is Alive, in 2020. Did that come out already? That aims to expand the boundaries of gospel music while also demonstrating that One Way is on to a new way to introduce faith music and principles to a new generation of listening ears. Please give a warm Broke, Gifted, and Black welcome again to Brandon. Yay, Brandon! Very impressive. I feel like for you for reading that. I mean, wow! I had to be animated Thank when you, you looked back because you were focusing on work. I was like, I was responding to all of the accolades and the way you were expressing it because it's what am I supposed to do sitting here hearing you read that? That I mean, you know, you'd be like, yeah, that's me. That's me. That's me too. That's me again. Um, also, that was a live edit. The only thing I want to um, update is that Psalm 34, the song I did with Darrell, has now 35 million views, which is pretty incredible. Holy crap. Yes. How far that song is gone. Yeah, like Darrell Wow. I, I never would have thought we would be doing a duet together. I've known him since I was 12 years old. That's one of my best friends. So it's kind of great to have that um, shared little moment. Yes, and you and Darrell um, are ridiculously talented. And now Darrell is a... Uh, he's a what, worship pastor at, in Houston, Texas. Yeah, in Houston. He's a husband and a father and a assistant worship pastor, I think is the right term, but he's either way, he he was a professional dancer. I know this show isn't about him, but he had never sang before Brooklyn Tabernacle. So for him to go from joining this choir to singing to like now being in a full-time music position is kind of incredible. So yeah. Yeah. We may have Darrell on the podcast. Okay, so um, let's get started with you. <laughs> um, it's very impressive to be in college um, and where you wrote a five-song EP to the one. So what was the inspiration behind it? 
And how did you get into songwriting? Well, um, the inspiration behind that, I can't even, like, the way I'm inspired now to do music, I can't, I feel like it's not even worth mentioning and acting like there was some inspiration. In my earlier years, I was uh, inspired, I should say, or motivated more so just by success. You know, and th- th- I say that honestly because now that's not my ambition with what I do. But at the time, I just wanted to do what I saw people I admired doing, which was record songs and get it out and people buy it and listen to it and love it. So when I was in college, that was the beginning of me exploring that part of my life and what I could do on my own because uh, the independent artist kind of phase of, of, of the music industry was just starting to become a thing. You know, prior to that, you had record labels who were signing artists. You wanted to be discovered by someone and be the next this, the next that through a big old machine like Sony or something. So at that time, again, it was, there was just becoming MySpaces and Facebook and this thought of like, there's a way to do this on your own. So I share that because at that time, I was, two to the one was my chance at really getting my feet wet. You know what I mean? And I had some songs that I wrote. And uh, the beauty of it is that doing that, that whole experience uh, kind of sealed in me the, the reality that I wanted to do this for a living or be working music. And so from there, the list goes on with things you talked about. But at that time in college, again, I was, I was just really coming into the mindset of understanding what, you know, my realizing my potential, for lack of better words. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I like the answer. I'm going to hold on one second. (laughs) I want to make sure because I don't see your little sound going. Is it going on your screen? Yeah, it's going on mine. You see like a little. Okay, cool. All right. As long as you see the little thing going up and down. Okay, good. All right. We're good. Um, All right. So why did you want to create a group rather than go solo? Why didn't you Beyonce your life? Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> well, it, well, it's not too late to Beyonce because she came out of a group, right? But uh, that's true. I, I wanted to, I love harmonies. I love harmonies. And, um, you know, truthfully, a singer, I love to sing, but I, you know, one of my insecurities was I didn't, I didn't think I was a strong enough singer to like do this on my own. Um, and I can say that now again, looking back, I masked it, but uh, I just, a group just made me comfortable. It, it, was a, it was the best way to express the music that was in my head because I wanted to be able to sing, hear the harmonies in real time and not wait to go in the studio to record it and then have to let it be a track on stage. So the opportunity to have that part of my musical, you know, uh, expression come to life through a group was number one. And then I didn't really want like a choir. I liked, I was a fan of like Destiny's Child. I was a fan of like, you know, the 702s and just uh, the boys to men. And uh, they were starting to do the boy girl type stuff um, when like making the band and all that was coming out. So just, I was, 
that was my oh, time period, and this was yeah right this was my chance to take my stab at it again um yeah so that that's how it happened and then it just worked out because i went to high school with three out of my four members so we've known each other for half our lives and uh over half our lives and it was just it just was all so easy and there wasn't something really it's something that kind of fell into all of our laps versus that we all went out and mastered up like let's do this you know mustered up right so you 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 know how to harmonize but you don't you didn't think that you could sing because harmonizing to me is harder than singing not i don't want to say that i didn't think i could sing it was more so my confidence in you know going up against people who i thought could sing sing you know what i mean like that's all just and I mean, I, I, I was, I always shied away from anything that was focused on my, my talent and gift. I fell in love with the ministry side of things. I did, you know, like as a worship leader, it wasn't about how well I sang. It was about leading people, you know, through my voice, being a, an instrument guy, a tool God used to, you know, lead people to his presence. And so, I don't want to get all deep and spiritual there, but that it, it was so much in it. You know what I mean? But it's not that I didn't think I could sing. I knew that I, I don't want to act like I didn't know I could sing. I just, again, my confidence level wasn't really up at that point where I was like, I'm the best. Let me get out here and let y'all know. <laughs> so that was a very humble answer. Thank you. Um, so let's move on to some of your musical inspiration. So you are a gospel artist, but I know for a fact that you do listen to non-gospel music. So who are some of your gospel and secular musical inspirations? Hmm. You know, um, that the answer to this question is really um, being shaped right now in my life. You know, I'm finding myself... Uh, just recalling songs I grew up listening to by default in the car with my dad and you know when we would drive around or my mom the mm-hmm. gospel music that they would play and um you know Fred Hammonds of course you just those were artists I, I Kirk Franklin there were big names but um you know I really hold on hold on hold uh, on there's loud 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 person over here thank you okay go ahead Fred Hammond there was like um, someone screaming in my house. I was just naming those are people that we would listen to all the time. But you know, Kim Burrell, um, I really am a fan currently of like I love Bruno Mars and this Anderson Pack uh Silk Sonic little collab. I think that's fire. One but of my really close friends, Kevin that Ross. They've had? Well now they have Is another that one, one song State, that they have. But okay. that one song, Leave the Door Open, is dope. And um, it is. Beyonce, Bruno Mars on his own. I think he's created a, gr- a great space for himself. Um, but I just, I, I love, I love Carrie Underwood. You know, I, I like um, this new group called Kane. They're like a, a pop Christian group. There's the Collinsworth family, which is a Southern gospel group. My, my, my musical palette is so vast and so broad. And 
I love that. You know, I could just put on some instrumental music sometimes and just just vibe and and, and enjoy. But I I'm I really like her as well. H E R. I think she's really doing a great job. Torn Wells as well. Okay, those would be the. I I, I could keep going because I'm I'm a fan of a lot, and I think it's all influencing my music, like the Hezekiah Walker and then Brooklyn Tabernacle, Carol Symbola, a huge influence on me. So, and you the said this is just recently, though. That was a lot. That was a lot. That was, I mean, that's a good, nice, vast, diverse list. There's not, I can't say so, there's like one person. If anybody, I would have to say Beyonce that in terms of the artistry, like most times when anything comes out with her, I sit and watch the behind the scenes, you know what I mean? Or the documentary she gives with it. Cause I'm more interested in the work ethic and the grind to get to how great she really is. And, uh, you know, so if I had to kind of say someone I'm really, I really study, I would have, she'd be the closest example to someone who I like probably watch their stuff for the, the work ethic part of it. You know, not that I'm at home trying to do the dances. No. Okay. <laughs> But yeah, we all um, babe, come on. We I, all at home trying to do the day. I am trying to learn dances at home in my room okay. in private <laughs> so nobody can see it. Um, that part. Okay. Okay. I mean, I see, I see the Hezekiah Walker and the, um, the Fred Hammond in the way that you worship. <laughs> Um, cause I did witness that. So we've said it before. We've mentioned it before. You were a worship leader at Brooklyn Tabernacle. You are no longer, um, one. Was that a job that, uh, was that an easy job for you to work to sustain yourself financially? And what other kind of jobs did you work, um, like odd jobs or did you always find like work? with your gifts like music, music or you know, yeah I, when, I of, when i came out of college my very first job was at hertz rental car and then i was like no this ain't for me then i moved back from florida because i lived in florida i moved back to maryland which is where i'm which i say i'm from where i grew up really my my formative years and i started working at red robin and famous days and as a server and then Famous Days was it. After that, I was like, I don't want to, I want to do music. And I never did anything else but music after that. And uh, that looked like building up my group's name in our area and becoming, whenever a major concert came in town, we were the people that they called to come open up. And they would, of course, pay us. So that was how I began to build my little nest. Uh, and then I... Um, uh, ended up getting hired at a church to lead worship. A church I grew up in, actually, they they found me worthy now of hire. A workman's worthy of hire, the Bible says. So they started paying me. And then it was from there I moved. That's where I did the encounter, which you talked about, which was a night of worship for young adults. I really helped, you know, God really used the group as well to, to really build the young adult presence there. And it was at that age, I was in my early 20s at that age range where, 
that young adult ministry was either thriving or not in the church. So, and that's actually how, how I was introduced to Brooklyn Tabernacle, came to transitions at the time and was just like, met all of you all because you guys were, it was a thriving young adult ministry. And that, that Darrell is who introduced me to it. He invited me out when I was in New York hanging out and I came and that's how I was introduced to Brooklyn Tab. And uh, I, I ended up moving to New York, joining the church, auditioning for the choir. And then three years in, I got offered a job, which lasted five years. And that job was, was one of the greatest experiences of my life, being able to operate in all of my giftings, musically directing the choir, writing songs with Carol Cimbala, also administration, handling all the music business when we travel, the logistics, and just getting to unlock so much potential, which is now, you know, influencing the things I'm doing in my life now. So I just, so it sounds like, um, it sounds easier than what you, than what it actually is. So, because when you talked about first, you built up your group in your area. Can you give some mm -hmm. like ways that you did that? Because some people might be like, okay, how do I get called up sure. to be opening act? Of course. Um, well, what it was, was we, we had our very first gig engagement ministry opportunity, whichever you want to refer to it as. And that's really what started it off saying yes to showing up and, and singing, whoever called. It was at one of my group members' grandparents' church, which was in a dance studio. It wasn't even a formal church, but coming there and giving our best, literally our entire summer got booked up. What I mean by that is someone from there asked us to come somewhere, then that, that one, someone said to come here. And it just was being uh, willing to kind of walk the lowly road of, you know, you may not get paid on the first few, you may just have to do some pro bono to get your name out there. Um, and then from there, that's when we actually started the encounter that really changed the game for us. Cause when we started that and Facebook was just becoming like a real thing. So I was promoting on Facebook, taking pictures of our worship nights and the pictures were really becoming tools and people would be like, what is this? It made them want to come check it out. And we will be getting like 700 people, you know, on a night to come see our group and worship with us. And that, that's what really changed the game for us. But it was just, it started very humble beginnings. So, I mean, we were in a, we were in a dance studio with mirrors behind us when we were singing, you know, with the, with the bar, <laughs> the ballet bar. But <laughs> that was how it went. And life definitely is, it's, it's easier in some senses because I'm not new to this, I'm true to this, but it's that same okay. humility, okay. that posture okay. of humility. It's the same posture of humility okay. that you're not too big for anything, really, especially when it's ministry. I think that's, you know, you got to be, there is wisdom in exercising that. I'm not saying everything you got to do, but it never changes where sometimes you just do things that you feel like I'm, I, I'm, I've, I've put in my time for this. I didn't want to say like too good for it. I don't, like, you know what I mean? But I put my time in. I shouldn't be doing this no more. But, yeah. you know, so. 
Okay. So I don't know if that answers this next question, but what are, let's make, I know it's probably more than three things, but what are three things in it, an aspiring gospel artist should be doing right now if they want to make it, whatever their success mm. looks like, but well, they want to make it. We're talking about gospel artists here. So because of that, my first thing is, you know, Matthew 6, you know, tells us to seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added. I, I, I have to encourage number one is intimacy with the Lord, the plugging in to, to the, to the source starts to unlock the resources that, you know, begin to help sustain and build what you want to do. So number one is create a discipline for your intimacy with God. And then number two would be from there, you know, I would just say hone in on your craft and really make sure, don't rush. You know, as you even read some of my bio, I would just remember some of those times in my life where I was just so eager. It's like the pressure of time has to happen now. It just felt like every next year was too late. I was going to be too old for whatever I wanted to happen. And that the, all those plans we make are sometimes things that prove that we're not God because he has a better one. So allow the right, assume the right posture and accept the right pace, define the right pace for which you move and developing the gifting and the craft. And then third, I would say, when 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 it's go time, go hard. When you feel like God is finally saying, okay, everything is in line here. It's time to go, go. Because the reality is I have experienced more provision. <laughs> I, that means bills that cost, the ex expenses that cost more than my income uh, actually could afford have been paid because being in the will of God, there's provision. So, uh, and I know that's only because I'm going when he says go. So hope that wasn't too much, but those are my three things. Intimacy, discipline okay. for intimacy, no. and developing your craft, defining your pace. And when it's go time, go hard. I like that. I think that could apply for other things as well. So, no, that was good. Um, I'm going to apply some of those. So, Come on now. Um, how did you, <laughs> how did you put together uh, the Jesus Rock uh, Live It Loud College tour with the likes of like Ty Tribbett and uh, Kara yeah, Sherd? That, that, that was one of the, that was one of the times the bills were much more than what I was making. <laughs> but I just had this <laughs> extreme faith. And, uh, I just was such a faith guy. I just, I was like, God, you said if anything is possible to him who believes. So I believe it. So you got to make it possible. And I took him at his word. And Jesus Rock was one of those things. We, we didn't go like on a crazy tour. We probably had like five or six dates, like Chicago. We went to Dallas, actually. Um, we were in Maryland and New York. So there were some prominent places we ended up able to do this but it again wasn't um 
it was it was a humble beginning experience too. But I'm grateful for the relationships that we have been able to, you know, gain along the way. Ty Tribbett was one of them. We we all looked up to, like we we would. He was a big thing at that time. So I can't even believe. I, I just can't even believe some of it happened. But I just had the faith to ask, and in asking, I received, and it things worked out. Colleges generally have to spend money on cultural or faith-based activities. So that was kind of how that worked out for us. We got some support and funding from colleges uh, along with ticket sales and stuff. But, you know, it was, again, the beginnings of me even becoming a business person, thinking about how to really do these things. And at that time, again, I didn't, I can't say I was stopping to do the, the, the three steps I just gave. I was just, I was at go because I was like, I can, so let's go. But I've learned now not to do it that way. But Jesus Rock was a great learning experience, but also just a great thing to say we were able to do. Molly Music was a part of it, but you know, before he oh, wow. is now, Ty Kiara Sheer. We had 2103, all of these gospel artists really, we, it was like a great little thing that we were able to do. You should bring it back with your um, reemergence of uh, One Way. Well, not with Delta. Yeah, Never mind. Don't bring it back. <laughs> Maybe in 2022 yeah, if we right. get things together. Um, we got plans for so I'm excited. Let's talk about them. So first, we're going to get to the part of the podcast where we ask all our guests to give um, our audience broke advice. Um, gifted yeah. advice and black advice. So what is mm, your broke? Okay. So, broke advice is <laughs> take advantage of the positives of being broke. The best diet I ever went on was when I was broke. Okay? Oh, Lord. <laughs> Starvation <laughs> is not a diet, Brent. <laughs> <laughs> But just, uh, you know, I focus on the positives of the season that you can sit at home and, and be still, you know, what I mean, you don't got to be out spending money. But um, also, you know, l let it be a time you really gather like I, I, I kind of gleaned over, but really learning, you know, there I'm not where I want to be financially yet. I'm still working towards some real financial goals and I'm now becoming a student of what I'm trying to be, like understanding, studying people who are in positions I want to be in, you know, taking this time to look at even how they're living so that because most people who don't have money, when they get it, they lose it because they're not used to having it. They just spend it. So it takes some sort of training and discipline that you can develop by you know to do something that you're not yet a master of by studying other masters a master class of sorts so that's my broke advice mm -hmm. um the gifted is i think just honing in and developing like the gift stir up the gift you know and just allow it time to really fully manifest there's nothing worse than something being before it's time you know there's nothing worse than that like a surprise party. If you show up at the time they didn't plan, it's no longer it's like it's like oh, you can't go back and redo it. There's nothing worse than showing up 
before the ordained time. And that's a very hard principle to apply because, again, there's so many pressures that we, we give ourselves a why it has to be now. It's got to be now. can't be later. It's got to be now. But in terms of gift, there is a refining process that actually is necessary to prepare you for the fullness of the gift God purposed for you. And then lastly is what? Black? Wear your, wear your color proudly. I'm, I'm black and I'm proud. I am. And we, my group, we did a version of Lift Every Voice. Not sure if you got to peep it yet, but that was a moment for us. We are gospel artists, but we are black artists as well. And we are proud of that. And so, you know, I had a moment where I had to decide that a lot of faith-based entities have not been vocal during this, you know, past uh, social justice era. And, you know, it's not that we had to take a, a, a lot us make it make it our whole movement or our whole message. But I wasn't I wasn't mad at lending our voice to the conversation, you know, so us doing Lift Every Voice was a moment mm-hmm. like that. So my my encouragement about the blackness is just to wear it proudly. And, you know, I love being black and I love my black people. <laughs> OK. I know I'm like, and so do we here at Broke, Gifted, and Black. Okay, so, <laughs> okay. so I know that um, what you're up to is that you are starting your own company. Is it Tommy or Tommy Entertainment? Tommy, Tommy Entertainment. Tommy Entertainment. Capital Entertainment. T, capital O, capital M, lowercase I, I, which stands for the One Way Movement, which was the name of my company back in the day when I was doing Jesus Rock. But the one-way movement sounded more like a Black Lives Matter kind of movement. So we went with Tommy Entertainment, T-O-M, the one-way movement, but the lowercase i's are representing number two, the second generation. So Tommy Entertainment is my company. Okay, got it. So tell us about the company and how we can support you. Um, Sure. Yeah. it's a full service entertainment production and record label. Um, it is, uh, a, it's still in development right now. My group is my first artist for our record label side of it. In terms of production, all the music videos that we've done have been products of Tommy Entertainment. And, you know, uh, this, this, this season has kind of been my business card. No, no, for lack of better words, you know, like I've been doing things to show here's what we can do for you. People who are people who are liking our visuals, liking the music, all of that. I have a bunch of vendors and contractors who are working for me and with me to help do the same thing for other artists. So the support would be in just if there's someone out there who wants to invest, that would be the greatest support I could ever receive right now. But Really, if there's an artist who's looking to, uh, you know, do anything similar to what, if, if looking my group up, BC One Way, seeing what we're doing, they can get on board with that. Um, yeah, but that's 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 what it's all about. It's, it's my passion right now, kind of growing into the executor, executive CEO part of me, you know more than the artist part. I've lived most of my artist dreams. Even being with Brooklyn Tabernacle, I was able to travel the world to Italy, to Sweden, to Africa, you know, to 
to um where else did we go japan oh my goodness you know just so where many places in africa it did was, you go that's the I thing went where to in africa ghana. did you go i went to ghana three times and also ethiopia and um Okay. We went to Japan and we almost went to South Africa and Nigeria. We had invites, but it never, never happened. But um, I really wanted to Didn't do that. Didn't y'all go to but South yeah, America? Just, I, we did. We went to Nicaragua. Um, and it's, it's just, you know, I've, I've, I've done a lot of things. A lot of people have not been able to do as and been able to do it uh, by the means of my gift, you know, so. I'm really proud of that. And, uh, you know, now I'm not that I want to stop. I love it, but I'm, I'm happy again to be growing into this kind of CEO, Brandon, who's figuring out how to help that happen for someone else. And do you only, are you only going to represent gospel artists? So the answer to that is um, no, technically, right? Because, uh, we we are a faith based company, and Christ is mm-hmm. un, you know I'm unashamed about the fact that we are a Christ centered Bible based type of believing uh, entity. But uh, the reality is, I'm a believer in crossover, taking the crossover. You know, I am. I know there's different viewpoints on that and how people do it, but I do believe that there is a place for uh, Michelle Williams from Destiny's Child, someone who would be open to hearing her sing a gospel song just because she's in Destiny's Child. You know, that's that's something I could never do. So I believe in mm-hmm. I believe in that that assignment from the Lord even. And so if if that comes across my desk and it's something that I'm passionate about and I can help uh, accomplish, then I would do it. Okay. Um, so how do we reach you if somebody wants to bless you with some money or just see what BC one way is up to or Tommy entertainment? (laughs) My cash app got shut down, but, um, our website is (laughs) www.bc.com. Okay. All right. Go uh, ahead. www.bc1way.com. Our Instagram is at bc1way. Um, that's really the, you know, you can get on there and find this. If you really wanted to send support, ooh, I, I, I need to probably go make a cash app after this. Um, you probably need you to, if down, you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I if mean, you asking for money, how about you like it possible? We are on, we are on Venmo at BC the number one way, and I'm gonna go looking if I can get if I can get the cash app back up. I don't know what the rule is when they shut you down. It was about a year ago. Help me, Lord. But um, I just never started one back up. But still, just get in touch with me on the website. There's a form to fill out if you want to book us or get in touch and we can figure that out trust me if someone really wants to give i believe they will find a way to get to me in jesus name okay amen and on that note let's have you close this out with some uh song whatever you choose whatever selection you'd like brother brandon you want a solo you want a solo i ain't singing with you yeah yeah all right, I'm going to sing so low that you can't hear me. 
You're so annoying. <laughs> What's on my heart is this hymn by the Gaithers. It's called Bill Gaither, Bill and Glory Gaither, Because He Lives. But what's my key? Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know, I know who holds my future. And life is worth the living just because he lives and life is Thank worth you. oh that's my part edit that last part out go ahead 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 finish it finish it it sounded like the end but go ahead take it to the top well that's it because i know Oh, who holds my future? And life is worth the living just because he lives. Hallelujah. Thank you for living, Jesus. That's Amen. all I got. Thank you, Brandon, so much. That was wonderful. You gave it. You gave it. Um, Y'all, we're going to have... Yeah. Um, Thank you for being on the show. We're going to have all of that information, including the Venmo and hopefully the Cash App that comes back. Hey, that's resurrected. Hello. Um, In the show I will take 10%, but absolutely. Um, Thank you so much, (laughs) (laughs) Brandon. Okay. All right. And now on to our bath and our gaff. Uh, bad first. Go ahead, Mickey. Okay. So the bath goes to Dr. Dre. Boo. Dr. Dre has, he's just, he's just, this past, these past couple years, you know, he's just been super trifling, just trifling. Started with the divorce from the wife, not wanting to give her any type of support. And beating now her. for his oldest, jo- well, yeah, yeah, and beating her. I mean, cannot forget that. Yeah. Um, but now his, do- his oldest daughter is like, and her children, which are his grandchildren, are literally like homeless. And they mm-hmm. had to start a GoFundMe to try to raise $50,000 for a place to live and to survive. And their dad or her dad, their grandfather is a billionaire. He's a billionaire. Mm-hmm. Beats by Dre and NWA. And yeah, um, I just don't understand how as a father you cannot try to set your children up to do better. Now, I understand, I'm not saying, you know, give a forever handout, but if your child falls on hard times, like what kind of person are you that 
you can't help them. Like, but that um, speaks to your character as a whole. But uh, okay, you're a billionaire. Who are you making all that money for? Isn't it for your children? Like, wh- who else would benefit from that? Right? Isn't that for? Because all these dudes right. always talk about generational wealth, and I don't want my kids to suffer. And I don't. The the problem is that she was a child that he had because she's around my age. She's thirty eight. Uh, mm-hmm. she was a child that he had before a lot of the big fame that he Mm -hmm. had before he got the nice trophy wife. So, and, and Mm -hmm. he left her. Nicole Nicole was not a trophy wife or she wasn't a trophy wife. Nicole. Yes, she was. She met, he he met her at a Um, pool party and said her, I mean, is that a, I mean, but she was the she was the prize right she wasn't like around the way she was a lawyer she was she was a lawyer she was she was she she was was beautiful but still she was she met her at a pool party like it it Mm -hmm. wasn't around the way girl that he had or you know a girl that he had when he was coming up but but he left his daughter's life when she was five um so according to the shade room um they are estranged, um, which I wonder, like, why? Like, why are you estranged? Like, what because of him. caused the estrangement? If okay. your daddy walks out on you okay. when you're five, like, what What else do you do? She's five. She can't go after you. You're the one who, you're the parent. Right. You have to initiate the, the right. relationship with a five-year-old anyway. Yeah. And she's working at, she's currently working at DoorDash to keep afloat. And it's just. And she's living in her car. Jacked up. So. If my parents were billionaires, let me tell you, we would have a BGB studio. We would be (laughs) flying in guests. Nikki wouldn't be working wherever she's working. She would be on a salary. So she could go do her. Not our parents don't work. Gonna be my parents too. I adopted I mean, not my parents. They my second parents. They would. I mean, yeah. you would definitely be on the pa- payroll. Like my my parents would bankroll everything. I <laughs> they'd be like, okay. I'm saying, mine too. Like, like my who mom would be like, baby, what you want? And you can't take all that money with you. So it's like, what do you do? Like, and you're already what 50, 60 years old, close to sixty. Like, yeah. you are on the other side of life, bruh. It's it's for your kids. You on the other side That's what all this life. wealth is for. It's supposed your kids are supposed to enjoy right. We're it. We're supposed like, to be. So yeah, he definitely gets a bath. I'm sorry. Like you could easily just yeah. buy her a house. At least make sure your grandkids aren't homeless. Like you suck. Right. You're definitely you're and it one even of have the to be shitty like an expensive house. You could go get like a freaking I mean in California, I mean obviously it'd be like a million dollars, but I mean in Texas money, that's like a two hundred, three hundred thousand dollar house. Right. Which is drop a drop in the hat for you. It's like, so why wouldn't you do even that? a million like, dollars is a drop a drop in the hat for him. Like what well, is yeah, a million yeah, dollars? That's what I'm saying. So like in California, if you're in a house that's a million dollars in California is actually a shit house. So yeah. I mean you can't it's a get crappy house. A good house at all. Yeah, for a million bucks. So, or you could. Um, I don't understand I don't why know. the land is so expensive in LA. Because everybody wants to be there. Um, 
I don't understand but, why, because it's about to fall into the ocean. Okay, they've been saying that California's since I was about like... about to be... California. California is about to be an island. The island of California. They, they've been saying that since I was in the second grade. It's not. It's not. Not, not in our shake. lifetime. It's gonna... Not, it's gonna not before Florida, off. dang it. Florida gotta go well, first. Florida, Even, Florida wants to be its own country anywhere. That's fine. Bugs Bunny cut it off in that one cartoon, and that just really made my day. Um... Speaking of things that were not supposed to be cut off, like these transitions, I just want to say are chef's kiss. Um, <laughs> LeVar Burton gets our gaff, Not just because he was wronged by Jeopardy, but because he is LeVar Burton. And he is a part of our childhood. He's a part of our lives forever. I have introduced him to the next generation, Generation Double A. Um, every time I see my little niece, the little, the little double ones. Double A. After Z. After Z. The like the little kids, like the they toddlers. I mean, they couldn't come up with anything more creative than Double A. What do you? What would you call them? I mean, well, because you have, Triple like, X. you're calling people the millennials. Well, you call them the millennials. You're calling, you know, you're not, you're not, like, I mean, baby boomers aren't, something. like. They'll come up with something. These kids don't, barely are talking. We're not going to name them yet. Okay. So, I, was, I okay, mean, they're, so like, they're just two. Got it. I mean, it's just, okay. it's, a, it's a placeholder. It's a placeholder. Got um, it. Okay. Copy that. But he gets the gaff because he is gifted AF. And uh, I just want to do a little tribute to LeVar Burton, who did not get the job at Jeopardy. But hopefully, um, it looks like Ava DuVernay wants to create a show for him that is Jeopardy-esque. Oh. Um, and I would like to sing the opening of that. And it would go a little something like this. Butterfly in the sky, I can go twice as high. Just take a look, it's in a book. A reading rainbow, reading rainbow, reading rainbow. I can go anywhere. Okay. We love you, LeVar Burton. You are gifted AF. And anything else to add, Nikki? Not after that. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, it's beautiful. Well, um, that ends the episode of Broke, Gifted, and Black. Um, I think I sang twice. Wear your mask. Get vaccinated. Yes, please do. Um, and hopefully, please, we don't want to be locked down again. <laughs> No. Yeah, no more. La we don't want no more variants. We don't need no more variations of this shit. We don't need no more lambdas. We don't need no more betas, gammas, epsilons. We don't need none of them. We don't need no more. We I don't, don't have want a, a sorority. I don't. I know. I don't want a sorority full of COVID. Yeah. Um, yeah. We be like, when did, cross? <laughs> when did you yeah. cross? When did you cross? When did you cross them COVID fans? When did you cross them COVID fans? What? We What's your set? That. Rep your set. I got the Lambda version. 
God. I'm um, Lambda 2022. That's my uh, COVID, my COVID crossover day. Ah, Lord. Okay, guys, we'll see you let's, let's, soon. Can we get out of this panorama. Ugh. Yeah. And hopefully we'll have more good news. Yes. All right. That ends so, the show. Thanks for Bye, joining guys. us. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you.